It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Play USA. Powered by B-Solar. Creating custom solar panels to ensure you never face outrageous electricity bills ever again. Learn more at b.solar. Welcome to the Play USA podcast. My name is Lachlan Puyol and will be your host for this podcast series for the first serve. I played college tennis at Belhaven University, an NAIA, now Division Three school in Jackson, Mississippi. This podcast brings you Australian college tennis athletes from universities across the United States, highlighting their athletic, academic and collegiate journey. The first episode features Jeremy Taylor, who is from Melbourne and currently in his senior year at the University of Memphis. As a junior athlete, Jeremy played tennis at Kuyong Lawn Tennis Club and also went to school at Scotch College. Now in his final year, Jeremy gives us an amazing insight into his college journey. Thanks, Lockie. Yeah, good to be here. So I guess the big question is, how did you find uh, the University of Memphis? What made you the decision to come play tennis in the US? I'd always been interested in playing college tennis. My coaches back home were Scott McNamara and James Lemke, who had both played college tennis. So from like pretty young, like I'd always heard of coming over to America and playing college and was always something like I was wanting to look into. And then I looked at a quite a few different colleges all around and ended up going on a recruiting trip to University of Memphis, University of Oregon and University of South Florida and ended up just feeling really comfortable with the team and really liked the coach at Memphis and had heard a lot of good things about him. And Scott McNamara's brother actually played college tennis with our coach here, Paul Goble at Middle Tennessee University. So I kind of had that connection with them and felt I could trust him and everything. And, and how did the process go of uh, reaching out to Coach Goble and like terms of uh, video and, and academics, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think we got in touch through email and then I made a recruiting video which I, I sent to quite a few different colleges. And yeah, that was just going through all, all the strokes and everything, the five-minute video that a lot of, a lot of players do. So, I mean, it, was, it was, was a bit of a process, a lot of phone calls, talking to them, had to do the SAT and all that kind of thing. But it all ended up going pretty smoothly. Were there certain subjects that you had to do um, in Units 3 and 4 of VCE to allow you to play D1 tennis? Yeah, that's right. I think it was had to take a maths and English, a social science, which was like a history or an economics, um, which I did economics. One other, there was a fourth one, which I'm going blank on, but yeah, there, there were. Yeah, and I started at a junior college myself, so I know that the requirements yeah. are different based on, I guess, the division that you play in. You know, you've got the NCAA, you've got NAIA, you've got um, junior colleges. So yeah, I guess the process of sort of getting to a school, regardless of the division that you're going to, is, is sort of similar. Talk through the benefits of playing college tennis compared to staying at home and, and playing AMTs, playing ITF Futures. Well, for me, it was just the way to like combine studies with with really taking your tennis further, which you can do in Australia. But I guess the tennis side, you've got to do it on your own a bit more and it can be harder to pair with your studies as well. So that's that's what attracted me to it. Like I was wanting to to go to college and give myself the opportunity to keep improving and play professionally if if I wanted to after college. But I also did want to get a degree and also the fact that you can get a sports scholarship which is a lot more difficult to do in Australia was also appealing and being able to go to another country experience something different that at first to me was like 
a little bit scary also and like in some ways made me like question like whether to to go overseas and like go away from my family but like my approach going into it was honestly like I'm going to try this for a year and like if I decide it's not for me like I can always come back to to Australia like I actually was told to defer a university course in in Melbourne which I did so I knew like if I didn't enjoy it like I could always go back so yeah I I love the whole aspect of the sports scholarship because if if you do a university degree um, in Australia, obviously you've got the HEX system, but um, eventually you know, you've got to pay that back. But if you do a four-year undergrad in the US and you get a scholarship, then you're pretty much debt-free. And, that, and that's right. a huge advantage um, after you graduate. Definitely. So talk us through, you've got the two semesters, you've got the fall season and then you've got the spring season. How does that um, differentiate for, um, for your team? Well, the full season is um, like the big, the big training semester. We tend to do like a lot more like individual sessions in the fall, some extra workouts and longer practices. And we have like four fall tournaments usually. Sometimes we have uh, a couple of hidden dual events, which you kind of is like playing a college match, except they don't count towards your team record. They're more, more individualized, but like you get to experience that team aspect. And then we'll often go to regionals which is an in, a big individual tournament with all the best players from the region. And then all Americans will sometimes go to as well, or sometimes half our team will go to that, which is like the biggest tennis tournament I've ever, ever come across. Like it's been in Tulsa the last few years. They've got like, I want to say like a 128, like pre-qualies draw, then 128 qualifying draw, and then a 64 or a 128 main draw as well. So many like, really good players there like it makes you realize just how many like very good tennis players there are so that usually is our fall and then we get like most of december off and then our team has to be back fairly early usually like around the second or third of january and we'll get a week or two of training in and then have our first match around sort of the 12th 13th of of january a week before classes start often and then yeah the season's pretty intense like playing one or two matches every weekend through till the end of April. Then we have like our conference championships at the end of April. All the teams from the conference go and play off in a tournament and the winner of that tournament gets automatic entry into the NCAA like national event. And then, yeah, after that is the nationals and that's it. Then you get your, your long American summer break. The big appeal that attracts um, players from all around the world is the amount of matches that you get in such a short time span. So you yeah. might play two or three matches like in one week and you're going from, you know, you're in Tennessee, you might go to you know, play Mississippi State and you might go to Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona or wherever you right. Arizona is. How, how does the travel work? Do you, do you go bus? Have you do much um, flying? So usually we, we do a fair bit of flying. Last season was quite different just because of COVID was still, still around quite a bit, but, this season like probably half our trips we fly like anything over kind of six hours we'll fly to and then there's a lot of teams pretty near memphis as well like university of tennessee mississippi state alabama Ole miss so most seasons we play some of those teams and we'll always drive to those but yeah with with the flying like we'll often fly somewhere and play like maybe two teams in that area over a weekend play a match on friday have Saturday off to travel to the next tournament, then play play another match on Sunday, and then come back to Memphis for for the week of classes. But it's definitely like you get a lot of matches in that in that short amount of time. So by the end of the season, like 
you're feeling good with your tennis, but like you're feeling pretty exhausted as well. How do you balance the, the, the academic life with the training and then you're off for, for matches, you might have to miss classes. It's, it's a big, big responsibility, a lot of man, time management skills. It is intense. You gotta you gotta really stay on top of it. But the university is is like pretty understanding about it as well. Like the teachers help you out when you are missing classes and make sure like that you can catch up and if you need to meet them outside of class, like they're pretty good about it. Oh yeah, as much as anything, like it's just being really organized, like staying on top of it, not getting behind, because if you do, like it it gets pretty tough. And what is a typical day? look like for you i know i know in the in the fall it's um you don't play as uh, many tournaments not as many matches but in the spring you know everything's sort of back to back what is it what does a normal day look like for you so a couple of times a week we'll start the day with workouts um so we'll work out from like 7 till 8 a.m and then most of the team will go to classes from like 9 9 a.m till 12 30 or so um and then We'll have our team practice from 1 p.m. till 4 p.m. And then some of the guys have night classes, which this the last couple of semesters, all my classes have been night at night because of the master's program. Like so that's been like I've had my morning spree, which this semester I'm actually doing an internship. So I've been doing that in the mornings. And then yeah, you get to get to the end of practice and you gotta go home, cook your dinner and uh and get to night class. It's pretty pretty intense days. Yeah, I remember doing night classes. It used to be from uh, six to nine o'clock, and we used to have some professors who would actually let you leave at nine o'clock on the dot. And they're the classes we used to dread. We used to love the ones where it was only like one hour, and then we could just right. go off and do what we wanted. Yeah. So it's interesting because most players, when they come to college, they do a four-year undergrad, but you've mm. sped through that a little bit faster. Talk through a yeah. little bit of that about about that because I know you're doing you yeah you're in the middle of doing your masters at the moment. Our season got cut short in 2020. Like it was March of 2020, our season got cut short. So I came back to Australia then and finished off the semester from home. And then I was kind of looking at like how many classes I had left and everything. And it, I decided then that I was going to try and speed up my degree. So I took some summer classes from Australia online. And yeah, ended up finishing my undergrad in three and a half years. So then I had two years to do the do the masters of business. So I'm in my second semester of the masters right now, which has been been different, a bit tougher, but it's been good so far. That's great because you know pre-COVID, usually the route that um, a lot of uh, college kids do, they do the four-year undergrad and then they do a two-year masters grad assistantship, basically where they get. Yeah. Um, they do the masters all paid for from the school, but um, they have to be an assistant coach or assistant strength and conditioning coach, whatever right. sort of they yeah direction they they want to go into. So you you sort of fast forward all through that. So during the summer and Christmas break, do you usually fly home or do you stay in the states? I've gone home for two Christmas times, and then two Christmas times I've um I've stayed over here. And when I have stayed here, I've played a couple of tournaments in America. Yeah, that's that's great. So, are there any other Australians on your team, or is it do you have players from all around the world? This last year, we actually had another Australian come, a guy called Sam Edgar, who's from Tasmania. Awesome having another Aussie on the team because I've been the only one the last few years. And then we've got it's pretty pretty global. Like other than that, we've got a couple of guys from uh, England. 
a guy from Aruba, which is a little island country in South America, and a couple of guys from Spain. In the past, we've had some Germans. So all around, like it's it's pretty cool, like making making friends who live all around the world. You're in Memphis, obviously it's a, it's a large city in the but you're but you're still you're in the south, the southern part of America. Was there yeah. much of a culture shock when you initially came to the US? Yeah, it's a, it's very different to to Australia, that's for sure. But I I find the people here like really friendly and welcoming. So like it was like I settled in pretty quickly, and it's it's good like being on a team because a lot of the other guys on the team are in the same situation as you like away from their families so like naturally you like make good friends with those guys and like support each other so I feel like we are lucky like being able to come into a team where you you can make good friends quite easily yeah and it sounds like there's um, a tight net um, relationship it's like almost like a family right yeah for sure and that's the amazing part about it is because you've got Six, seven um, nationalities. I know um, when I was at Bellhaven, we had more than that. We come together always, always one family, despite our cultural differences. You know, we're all there to support one yeah. another, another and, and play tennis. And I'm sure that's the same just for you and many other um, schools. For sure. Yeah, it is cool. Are you currently in a dorm? Or I know you said you're cooking dinner, so I'm assuming you're in an apartment. Yeah, I'm actually in a house now. For my first semester, I lived on campus in like on-campus apartments um, and a lot of people will live in dorms for the first year or two but now I live in a house which it's right next to campus like I can see the university from my from my front door I live with three other guys from the tennis team that's awesome and in your spare time there do you get like do you get time to do things for fun like go off campus have a look around the city yeah for sure I, I was actually earlier today I went to the Memphis Tigers basketball game which they play in the Memphis Grizzlies Stadium in the FedEx Forum, which is downtown. So, like, I, I enjoy going to, like, the Tigers sports games, which students get into free for that. Going to football and basketball is good fun. Get to go to the Grizzlies games sometimes. And, yeah, so there, there is time to do some extra stuff outside of the tennis. So that, that part of it's cool. And the biggest common question that um, we certainly had and many parents want to know, after you finish the degree – in the States, what can you plan to do with that in Australia? I know you're doing your master's, but let's mm. just say that you just stopped at your bachelor's and you want to yeah. go back to Australia. What could, what could you do with that? I think it, it depends on the degree. I did finance in my undergrad. And from what I understand, like most business degrees convert to Australia or around the world like pretty well. And so it would be, be recognized like a business or commerce degree in Australia. I think for, for some other majors, it can be a bit different but like a lot of athletes do like sports management degrees as well which I think that converts pretty well to Australia also so I think as long as you like pick your major well there's not going to be too much trouble with the conversion and if if you do do a major that doesn't convert as well then usually you can do a one or two year master's and you'll be you'll be fine as well. Yeah I, I know many universities now are adopting an American model University of Melbourne, Latrobe, yeah maybe Deakin, they're doing, they're offering master's courses with the bachelor's degree to be a prerequisite with doing the the, the, the right subjects right. beforehand. Yeah. So I think that's getting easier and easier and the world's sort of getting closer together in, in sort of academia. So last question I want to ask you, Jez, is you've played, so right now you're seven and two in doubles and you're three and three in singles. Obviously that's tough. You're playing two or three, right? Kind of mixing, mixing yeah. it up. 
what's the best match slash toughest match that you had in the 2022 season? In the 2022 season, individually or team-wise? Individually. Probably from our last trip, which was in Arizona, we played like sort of a team tournament in Arizona with eight teams. In the final, we played Arizona State in my singles. Like, it was it was a very close singles, a very close team match. Like we lost the doubles point. Yeah, I think it was – so overall it was 3-2, the team score, three rubbers to two. So me and one of my teammates were still on. And I didn't know what his score was, but I knew he was in like a, a bit of a dogfight. And I was in the third set on serve. And I ended up winning that match 7-5 in the third. But in the last game, like I was 40-love down on that guy's serve and ended up getting it back to juice and winning it on a juice point. So that, that was a good feeling, winning the clinching point for the team. So, yeah, so far this season, probably probably that would be it. I tell you what, it, it, if it doesn't make you, it certainly breaks you. If you're... You're 6-5 up in the third. If you, if you win the point, you win, the whole team wins the, the entire match against that school. If you lose, you're going into a third set tie break. So how did you finish the point? I, I actually finished the point at the net. I think I, I hit a backhand cross-court approach and he ended up missing, missing that shot in the net. Oh, I think we can give a bit of credit to Scott McNamara with all the, uh, with all the net <laughs> coaching. Definitely. No, heaps of credit to him. All the, all the, all the gladiator jewels at Kuyong. Loved it. <laughs> uh, JT, thanks so much for um, coming on the Play USA podcast, episode one. All the best for the future, and I'm, I'm sure the, the future's bright ahead. Thanks a lot for having me, Lockie. Enjoyed it. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.